Welcome back to Disney Channel Discourse. I hope you're having a good time. I've got not one, but two guests on the pod this week, completing the second half of our podcasting crossover, which began in November. It's Shane Crowley and Vicky Moonen from Shane and Vicky's Decom Clubhouse. Uh, How's life been for you two? Hello. <laughs> um, life's been life's <laughs> been happening for me. I'm having a busy week. Probably the busiest week I've had all, oh, I say all year, it's February, in the last year. And probably the busiest week I'll have for the rest of the year. So that's 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 me. All right, glad uh, we could schedule this episode in the my midst schedule's of all your packed. It's crazy. complications. You, you wouldn't believe. I've been knitting a scarf, so you know I'm taking a break from knitting that scarf to come. The scarf on today. is great. Um, it's all right. It's fine. Oh, can I see it? It's Hufflepuff yeah. colors. LOL. Unintentionally, yeah. but I am a Hufflepuff. But yeah, so it's quite long. As you can Very see, nice. thank it's you. It's yellow and blue. It's like a gray. I think it's just the yeah, lighting. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> um, yeah, I knitted in school about thirteen years ago, and then uh, me and my housemate decided to start just knitting because you know we got time. And uh, I I wasn't very good at it, so I Zoom called my mom and she shouted at me until I got it. So nice. thanks, mom. She's not gonna listen to this. I've never done any knitting before, but I have this ball of yarn that's sitting on the desk here. From I, I have no idea where this is from, uh, but it's here, and I'm gonna keep it there. Um, so that's the extent that's of my so knowledge. So fitting. Uh, anyway, I sometimes every now and then, uh, this is kind of uh, we're already sidetracking here. Every now and then, I have a really interesting or a funny dream, and I like to talk about it on here. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna tell you about a dream I had last night. All right, you're gonna like this. So I was in a race. I was running from my house to my elementary school, which is really not that far. Uh, and there were a bunch of people in the race. And early on, I like fell over and kind of got hurt and like took a minute to regroup myself, right? And then I keep going and I get closer and then someone else falls over and gets hurt. So I start helping them out, you know, like clean up their, their bloody knees or whatever it was. And then when I'm almost at the finish line, I see these people setting up a hot dog stand. Like, well, I have to help them <laughs> set up the hot dog stand so I so I help them so I help them set it up. Then when I I finally get to the finish line, um, the person there tells me your time is one minute three seconds, and I say I'm I'm pretty sure I took longer than that, and they said no no that's how long you had left before you were the slowest runner in the world. That's Damn. so harsh. Oh my god, right? slowest runner in the world. Though. I oh, mean, very mean. It's a feat in itself. The world though. I did stop three times. I would kind of be like, I kind of want to be the wor- the the slowest runner in the world. I didn't, you know. At least you'd have One some title, record, you know. Yeah, you know, good or bad, the title is a title. That's interesting. My you know? my dreams have been whack the last while. I keep having dreams where like either I murder someone or someone murders me, and I think it's because I'm just watching the X Files lately, and. <laughs> You know, people be dying uh, in the X Files. Um, I almost wish I had a dream where I was just called slow, <laughs> like that was it. I think I could take that. Yeah, it's wild though. Uh, I haven't had a death dream in a while because, like, you know, Disney Channel is kind of the the center of my watching habits. So, like, not much. Death thankfully, on there. Uh, but anyway, um, thankfully, yeah. Except for Island of Lost Dakotas from Milo Murphy's Law, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about That's So Raven, 
because when I asked the two of you what show you wanted to talk about, um, the two you brought up were That's So Raven and Girl Meets World. And I said, both of those sound like a lot of fun to talk about because That's So Raven is one of my all-time favorite Disney Channel shows and Girl Meets World is one of my all-time least favorite. I hate it with so much passion. And you both decided to end up going for the one I that I love Girl like. Meets World. Uh, that's a I'm Raven. Sorry. This is one wow. I've seen. I've not seen yeah, Girl I thought, Meets World. I th- I yeah, I right? thought Girl Meets World was probably not the best one to do considering like I'm the other one who's probably seen all of it and then like also Boy Meets World and whatever. That's a Raven is a good metric of a classic Disney Channel. Love that so Raven. Yeah, it is a classic. It was it was before my time, because um, I was like a year old when it started airing. Uh, but as of late, I've actually I've kind of been walking through it and watching through it all. I'm almost done season mm-hmm. three at this point, and so far from what I've seen, it's it's definitely it's near the top of the list of like best live action Disney Channel shows. Like very very close to the top, maybe with like yeah. Wizards of Waverly Place, if not. It's number one. so funny, like genuinely such a funny show. It um it would have been like just my time because it started airing in two thousand four. So I was like five. So I was definitely watching it like as it was coming out and stuff like that. And like I remember when it ended, and I was like so sad about it. But it's like genuinely such a hilarious show. And like mm. I don't know, because even me and Shane were watching the the first two episodes together, and like properly like laughing out loud at it. It's so such a smart show. It's so good. I love it. Like her comedic timing is yeah. incredible. Like like. Because when I was looking up stuff about the show, apparently she like she auditioned for a supporting role, and they liked Raven so much that they just gave her the show, and you can absolutely yeah. see why. Like she's just like, is she's so funny? Like she's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So Raven is like the only like Disney star that I think I have any like attachment to because I didn't really watch any of the other shows. I didn't really watch many DComs when I was younger. Would you watch Lizzie McGuire? Bits and pieces. But yeah. not as much as, as Raven. Raven, yeah. Because Lizzie McGuire was on the Irish-speaking channel. Right, Yeah, it was yes. on TG Cahir, which is TG4. Um, she wasn't speaking Irish, but, you know, sometimes you'd go on and you'd hear Irish and you don't really want to listen to Irish because, you know, you do Irish in school, so you didn't want to... Uh, Ireland Day. It's crazy. I cannot relate to learning Irish in school, but I feel your pain. Um... I saw an interview recently with Michael Poriez, who is one of the co-creators of That's So Raven and also one of the co-creators of Hannah Montana. And he talked about how you, they really had to build the show around the main character mm-hmm. in both cases yeah. and how they were like, oh, with Raven being like, you know, like one of the best uh, comedic actors for children's TV of all time. They have to incorporate that much more heavily into the script. And like with Hannah Montana, the initial plan was like naturally to have it be like, oh, she's this celebrity on stage. But when she's Miley, well, she wasn't named Miley yet, mm-hmm. but when she's the normal girl, she's like kind of shy and insecure. But since like Miley Cyrus is not at all shy or insecure, they kind of had to restructure the show in that way. I don't know if you saw this, but um, I was reading today that there's an episode of That's So Raven where Corey wins a competition to go to LA and be on the set of some yeah, TV yeah, yeah. show. And then I think the Alice it's Alice Stoner. Episode, Stoner. Uh, yeah. And she is a kid star and she wants to go to school mm-hmm. and, and have a normal life. And that was meant to be a pilot, kind of an introductory pilot episode for that show that ultimately ended up becoming Hannah Montana. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like it extended in, that much into it. 
when I was watching That's a Raven, I was like, oh, wow, it's Alison Stoner. And they're like, why is this episode all about Alison Stoner? Like, not that I'm complaining, uh, because Alison Stoner is one of my favorites. But, like, I looked it up, and I, I knew that Hannah Montana had been in the works for Disney Channel for, like, five years before it finally aired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that Miley first audition, she was, like, 10 years old. And they were like, amazing, but you're only 10. And by the time she was old enough, uh, it got greenlit. And... Um, we're not talking about Hannah Montana, but like I, yeah. the, the main character for that for that um, show initially was supposed to be named Zoe, but they changed yeah. it to Chloe, and then Kylie, and then Billy Ray Cyrus when they were shooting the pilot kept on messing up and calling her Miley, so they just kind of changed it on the fly, um, <laughs> which is a fun fact. Did not know that. That's so funny. That's just like Billy Ray Cyrus like not knowing his lines changed. Yeah, just the not course being of an, an entire show. Yeah, that's so good. Um, yeah. That's so Raven, though. I actually, well, to we could tie it into Hannah Montana because there's the ultimate crossover. That's so sweet life of Hannah Montana, lest we forget. Mm-hmm. It walked so Avengers could run. True. It created the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm. That crossover um, was really just the Raven and Zack and Cody crossover. And then the Hannah Montana kind of just showed up at the very yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, wasn't really involved in any of it. Um, so yeah, they could have just left it a Raven and Zach and Cody. But anyway, that's a Raven. Let, let us begin. Mm. Yes. Uh, the first episode, the pilot episode is called Mother Dearest. And I find like, after going back to watch this now, after watching through a big chunk of the series, it does kind of feel like a different show in the pilot, which I guess isn't mm-hmm. that weird. Uh, first of all, Chelsea's not there in episode one, uh, thumbs down. But anyway, yeah. we start with Mr. Petricelli scanning the classroom. And he sees, he's like scanning to see like, oh, what kind of kids there are. And there's like a kiss up who wants to answer the question. And Raven is like a know-it-all according to his like red robot vision. And basically his deal is that he deliberately picks on the kids who don't know the answers. And he calls on them because he's a terrible person. Uh, And he calls Eddie, he calls Eddie the mayor of duh, uh, which is very rude. And he asks a question about like some Benjamin Franklin invention. And Raven, who had her hand up for the previous one, doesn't have her hand up for this one because she doesn't know the answer and mr petrocelli calls on her but then raven gets a vision where if you've seen the show i'm sure you know how this goes where she turns her head off to the side and we head into her brain and she sees everyone else being like way to go raven out in the hallway clapping for her saying you really told mr petrocelli off or something like that so raven gets up and tells him off. He says, you like embarrassing us more than you like teaching us. And she says, all these other kids, all these other kids in the class, they have my back on this one. But the, none of the kids have her back. So she gets in trouble. And Mr. Petrocelli tells her, you need to come here with your parents tomorrow after school. And then when class finishes, Raven's vision comes true. And all the other kids clap for her. So there we go. She's a psychic. And it's been confirmed before the before the theme song. I think that is an interesting way like an interesting introduction though because it's like her assuming that it's like like her visions can still come true but it won't be for like the same reason so in the sense that like they were actually applauding for her but in like a mocking type of way also this episode is like so not a pilot episode which i think is funny here's the content i because you've said that before but i kind of disagree I think like okay. even that first scene is just a really good scene of setting up the show because you you see who Raven is, you see you see her powers, you see yeah what her powers are going to do, like how that's going to work in the show that she will see stuff and it's not going to be exactly what she thinks the whole time. You get a great idea of her character, you like 
the show off. She her she's gonna be mouthy and get herself in trouble. You get an idea of who Eddie is. I think it's like a good scene. But I that episode also could have been episode three of the series. Yeah, but I don't think, you know, you really need to be I think it was good at setting up as well. Yeah. Like you, you understood it. Cause even like the theme song sets up the premise of the show. Mm-hmm. You know? So you don't really need that much. Like it's kinda like because I think with like pilot episodes, it's it's you don't want to be force fed too much and get too much like told too much. You gotta have it happen naturally. And I think it was a really good mm-hmm. episode of doing that. That you understood the show, but you still like you got a, a sense of where it was going and what the show was yeah. about without being too like force fed it like really unnaturally. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I. I find especially like this pre-theme song sequence, like we see Raven have a vision and then we see it happen. And as you kind of say, we see it not being exactly what she imagined, which is kind of like the main premise for all her visions. It's like, well, this wasn't what I thought it meant. Ha ha. Yeah. She would have learned after like five years, but she doesn't. Anyway, uh, she kind of has to not for there to be a show. But you said like you mentioned about the theme song, how it like it tells you what the show is about, which a lot of times I don't like, but this probably like one of the best theme songs that there oh. is on the Disney Channel. Oh, it's so good! Slaps. It is like, yeah, a hundred percent. Like I, I, we were vibing listening to it. Like I think it's one of the best theme songs mm-hmm. like ever. Because even you know, yep, that's me. Like everyone knows that. It's really catchy. Yep, that's me. Yeah. And I, I like over explaining the premise of the show and the theme song uh, much more than I like them not explaining anything of, you know, the ones that are like, I'm just a kid living in the world. Like, okay, I, I girl, like meets world. <laughs> girl meets oh, world. Girl meets world Dry. Okay. Actually, that I wasn't even thinking of that, but that does fit perfectly. Um, I was it thinking does. More of like Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Yeah. It does yeah. We got a picture. We got a picture. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I think the really Lizzie McGuire one is really just bad. like a song. It's not. It's not anything. Yeah. It's barely a song. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. So after the theme song, Eddie, who's Raven's friend, Eddie tells Raven to fake being sick so that she can get out of this meeting with uh, her parents and Mr. Petrocelli. But that never comes to fruition. What ends up happening instead is some big kid is at Eddie's locker. And starts putting his stuff in it. And then he says, hey, that's my locker. And I don't know if you noticed this about this episode. The laugh track is bananas. It's way too much. Yeah. It is a laugh track, right? Because yeah. like, I meant to ask, is it a live studio audience? Yeah. It is laugh track. Or is it? Yeah, yeah it's a laugh okay. track for sure. Um, I don't know if Disney Channel's ever used a live studio audience actual raw audio. Oh, I don't think they have. No. Um, they have they have had live studio audiences for shows, but I don't think they actually use that audio. Um, they usually use a fake laugh track. And this one, literally, Eddie just says, that's my locker. And the laugh track goes absolutely insane off the wall. Yeah. <laughs> that's weird. I must be so... Because there are, like, those pauses for laugh tracks. Or are they, like, taught that in the acting? Right? Yeah, but that's, like, how mm-hmm. sitcoms yeah, are made. Actually, yeah, but, like, I don't know. Actually, not long ago, I had on uh, my friend Zach Timpson, who was a guest star on a couple Disney Channel shows, uh, including Casey Undercover. And he says what they would do with the laugh track is, is one of the producers would just like laugh for three seconds (laughs) to like hold the time. Okay. Because I was like, that would be really awkward. And like, that would be like even more of a testament to to the comedic acting of, Mm -hmm. of of, of these actors, because like, 
it would really take care of the moment to have to pause for the laughter for the when laughter, it's not yeah. there when no one's um, laughing yeah 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 great show they're all Very great weird. Uh, anyway yeah anyway so that's eddie's b plot is that this guy's stealing his locker and then after school raven uh goes to her brother Corey because Corey is apparently a master of psychological manipulations uh and raven gives him five dollars for Corey to teach her that the three c's cuddle compliment cry of how to get out of trouble or whatever it is and then we mm-hmm. hear um raven's mom tanya downstairs yelling for Corey because she's mad at Corey because apparently Corey's teacher called them and said he was he was acting up at school or whatever it is uh and raven goes downstairs to take notes on how Corey deals with the situation victor says Corey. that's the dad and tanya says angry voice and victor says Corey. and the laugh track goes insane once again for the second time yeah. it was absolutely off the wall i oh you said you liked Corey. i I have mixed feelings about Corey. I don't like him in season one. I like him more as he goes along. But here's yeah. if Corey were an adult, he would be the worst. He, he would be like our everyone's least favorite character. He would be a villain. And the fact that he's yeah, a he's kid a is like, kid. oh, so adorable. Yeah, I don't know. No, I think Corey is like, I don't know. I think he's such a king. He's great. And he is, I was saying Shane before, he is the older brother of Michael from Zoe 101 on Nickelodeon, which is crazy in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think Corey is great. He's such a little schemer. He's so I like, fun. I like that little character moment where he gets the $5 and he checks it under the light to make sure that it's real. I really yeah. like that. Yeah. He's just like the, the mis- mischievous little brother, like stereotype a little mm-hmm. bit because like mm-hmm. i like him but then there was cory in the house i'm like i'm not bothered i don't really care. i loved cory in the house are you kidding Corey, i knew about cory in the house before i knew about that so raven just because oh, of like when i was born oh my god mm-hmm. i was like oh this is a spin-off of a previous show yeah but by the way cory in the house is the best theme song in all of disney channel no question yeah it's, it's great i haven't it's heard it fun. Oh, it's, it's amazing. You have to listen. I'm the new kid coming in, getting it done, and I'm officially the candidate for having some fun. It's great. <laughs> anyway, um, I had this, like, uh, family channel, which was, like, the Canadian Disney Channel affiliate for a long time. It was, like, a, a holiday CD, and Kyle Massey had a version of Jingle Bells on it that I always thought was oh. really funny. It was, like, because it was, like, he wasn't actually singing the jingle. It was just, like, like these robot voices that were, like, jingle bells, jingle bells. And he was, like, yeah, like, rapping over it. <laughs> it's time we're going to go, going to take turns pushing each other down the mountain slide. And I thought it was really funny. That's great. That's, like, so, like, typical of, like, Disney, though, to just, like, throw anyone on, like, a rap track. You know, That's I great. was going to say yeah. they don't do that anymore, but, I mean, High School Musical, Musical, the series, people, like, released a whole, like, Christmas album or Christmas oh, yeah yeah and it was really also, bad which was disappointing yeah I didn't watch the special at all once I realized it was just like a musical and I was like oh never mind mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Which, sorry, because most of them are really good singers but they use so much auto-tune on that mm-hmm. soundtrack and I have no idea why anyway that's so Raven we've gotten like three minutes yes <laughs> um uh so Corey basically he tries to put his three C's plan into action but it doesn't really work because Tanya's onto him because Tanya's actually smart, unlike many other Disney Channel parents. Says, don't cuddle, don't try complimenting or crying. It won't work. And he tries and it doesn't work. Um, and Tanya says, after Corey walks off, like, I'm so upset with Corey. And Raven says, you know, don't be so hard on him. And, and Tanya and Victor are so surprised that Raven is defending her brother. 
that they immediately say, you know what, uh, you're, you're an improved person, Raven, because you have good grades consistently now and you help around the house. So you're the new Raven. And Tanya and Victor are so proud of Raven that they got her a phone, a 2003 <laughs> cell phone. Um, yeah. And Raven starts kind of like fessing up a little bit afterward once she gets her phone. But Victor like cuts her off and is like, oh, you don't have to say thank you. We're so proud of you. And Raven feels kind of guilty about it. Man, did you say it was was it a cell phone or was it just like a house phone? It looks like a landline. Yeah, like a cordless. Oh, whoops. Right? You don't know what they are. You're so you're so young. It's fine. Oh, uh, well, I know what they are. I was just like, I got a phone. I assumed it was a cell phone. I think because I had but, like, like no, because like it, it's base. it's like in like a, a dock. Yeah, that it looks a like a landline. Port. But also, I don't know. But then she got her own phone number for the house phone, and she can like text on it. Maybe it w- she de- she texted on it. I she assume I she well, got her BFF. You- who was her mom. Which I thought well, you can weird. get your yeah, own landline funny. in the house, which would imply like Raven can talk on the phone with her friends, and then her other family members can use the house phone, which is kind of so it's not like Raven get off the phone like that kind of thing. Yeah, man, perhaps two thousands were wild. What we year had, was this? Two thousand four. Yeah, yeah. We had three two thousand four. Yeah. The why if the why did they just get her mobile phone? Cause I mean I had no, I had a mobile phone like two thousand five. I thought it was. Yeah. No, it definitely. I don't know. It definitely looked I like it was the purple. The purple was cute. Also, Her Raven's room? bedroom. Yes. Yeah, Raven's uh, bedroom was the blueprint. It was like <laughs> so. It's so good. Her bedroom and Drake and Josh's bedrooms were always the ones that I was like, "That's what I want. I want to live in an attic, and I want it to be massive and open planned, and like yeah. you know." I don't. I, Drake and Josh's bedroom was like the dream space, but like first of all, that's two people, and I'll, yeah. I found with Ravens like the ceiling seemed kind of low. Yeah, it is quite. Yeah, that kind of like mm, I don't really want to hit my head on on the ceiling, but love a bay window though. Yeah, yeah. It's a good room. I think I'd be fine. I mean, I'm quite short. I'm like five five, so <laughs> ceilings ain't an issue for me. I could live right. in a attic. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, yeah. I'm so small. So then Raven calls Eddie. Raven calls Eddie. And uh, she's all worried. Like, I'm the new Raven, apparently. So I can't mess up. So I now I have to go to Mr. Petrocelli alone. Because I don't want my parents to know I'm in trouble. But then she gets her next vision. Where Mr. Petrocelli is telling her, Go get your mother right now. Or today. Or whatever she says. And, okay. I noticed something here. Because this is only the second vision we saw. And they were, I was thinking like, oh, they're still working out the kinks of like what they want Raven's visions to look like. Because the first one where she saw everyone clapping for her was from her point of view. And the second one was not. And the second one, we actually saw her talking to Mr. Petrocelli. Um, but I actually, I don't yeah, think this is something actually. they, I don't think that's something they actually changed or worked out over the course of the series. They just kind of did whatever they wanted. Like sometimes yeah. it, sometimes she's not. I was, I mean, we'll talk about it later. I was having a time. I had to pause the episode. Vicky was there to figure out oh, yeah. her powers. Cause I was like, wait, I don't know. Cause like the next one, not to skip too far ahead. She's looking at a test, but whose point of view is it? Was it Eddie's point of view? Was it her point of view? Or was it the teacher's point of view? Yeah. Sometimes. So, okay. That one's even weirder because that one didn't even actually end up happening. Um, yes. We will get there. We yes, will talk sorry. about that. Don't worry. Jumping don't worry. too far ahead. <laughs> I have thoughts about that, about episode two. Uh, but anyway, um, back to the B plot. 
Eddie walks over to the mean guy who stole his locker. Says, hey, I'm not sharing my locker. And the mean guy says, okay. So then the mean guy gives Eddie his old locker. Uh, next, Raven walks in in a fat suit and a purple hat looking like an adult to pretend to be her mom. There's this really weird snappy editing that I don't know if it was just like a Disney Plus edit or if this is actually what it was with Raven walking alongside Eddie and just we only hear one sentence where Raven's like, all right, I'll go into Mr. Petrocelli's class and then you count to 10 and then knock on the door and say there's some kind of emergency. And then immediately we cut to Raven walking in and we didn't even like Eddie didn't even have a chance to respond. Um, but anyway, so Raven walks in to the class, says, hi, I'm Tanya. Uh, she can't sit in the chair because she's all dressed up as large. Ha ha ha. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Raven says, Raven feels so bad. It'll never happen again. Now, goodbye. And Mr. Petrocelli says, wait, well, I need to speak to both of you together. So can you go get her, please, out of the car where you say she's crying her eyes out? So Raven exits and gets mad at Eddie for not knocking. I don't know why that little barely even a side plot was necessary of this plan that never ended up happening. Yeah, I don't know what it would have done. Like, what was Eddie meant to do? Like, just And why didn't Eddie do it? But like, surely. Yeah, but surely that like wouldn't have worked anyway makes no sense i have no idea i have no idea why they even needed to include it at all but anyway raven then she walks into the bathroom and uh she warns the other girls in there (laughs) that she's gonna yeah i have have like i guess a smelly shit uh so they all leave (laughs) uh so they all leave right away and she changes and comes out and she's dressed as herself and meanwhile eddie goes to see his new locker but some kid is already at it and then two kids come and they're all sharing the locker because the big guy stole all of their lockers and eddie says we should take action then leland walks over with a broken neck and they're all like hey leland this guy wants our lockers back just like you try to do because leland has a broken neck i kind of i like all these kids in the pilot i find like these guest spots in the pilot or the first two episodes have a lot of charisma um like not necessarily mm. the big tall bully but like the kids at eddie's locker i kind of yeah. like them all and i kind of wish they came back but i don't think they do with Raven running back and forth and changing her clothes, in general, I hate this try to two be, be two people at once kind of hijinks. <sighs> yeah. It's a like, classic Mrs. Doubtfire shenanigan. The yeah. whole time, the whole time, loved, I, I enjoyed, uh, I thought it was an homage <laughs> to Mrs. Doubtfire, which is one of my favorite films. Mm-hmm. Um, and like sorry. the Hannah Montana Maybe. movie also, I thought of, which came like eight years later. Uh, with her yes. running back and oh my forth. God, the worst. Oh, like, ah, I hate that. And then I she goes it. through that like spinning door. <laughs> yeah, like three times. Oh, the spinning door scene. Uh, yeah, it's so to, funny. To symbolize how she's trapped in a revolving door of, of pain and suffering or something. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. That anyway. was good. That was and, yeah, good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Fair uh, play. But this kind of hijinks, like, it just makes me so stressed. Like, this plan is obviously never going to work. Like, just pick. I don't know. I. It really stresses me out. But anyway, Mr. Petrocelli actually ends up, it does kind of work for Raven in the end because Mr. Petrocelli is so like uh, frazzled that he's like, I'm having a crisis and maybe I should have never become a teacher because you've thrown me off the deep end. So I'm just going to go home and leave now. So Mr. Petrocelli leaves and Raven like celebrates and dances to another massive laugh track. It's the funniest thing we've ever seen. And then, yes. <laughs> and then Raven, who's still dressed as an adult, uh, yells at the mean guy who stole Eddie's locker and hits him with a purse to tell him to give Eddie his locker back. And now Raven has her third vision of the episode, which is a lot. Uh, she says she sees 
her parents walking into the classroom and saying, we're looking for Mr. Petrocelli. We're Raven's parents. So all of a sudden, Raven gets all freaked out. They're actually going to show up. Oh, no. I liked how the A plot and the B plot came together um, and the little planning of the, the uprising. Because at first I wrote there is no B plot and then literally the next scene was Eddie in the locker and I was like, okay, there is yeah. a B plot. Because um, there usually was a B plot in, in every yeah. episode. Um, mm-hmm. Still, like the introduction to the parents is really, really good. Introduction to the school. They're good parents. They're great yes. parents. Yeah. They're probably the best Disney Channel parents that there are, I think. Yeah. They uh, seem like a real couple. They seem like they're in love, yeah. but also like a, an actual unit that they like sat down and talked about how they're going to raise their children because they don't really seem to disagree. They seem to be like when when Raven has an issue, they come at it together. Like, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, they're good good marriage, good marriage representation. Mm-hmm. And also, like, the kids aren't ever really, like, scared of them or anything, which is really nice. Or, like, trying to hide things yeah. from them is very rare. Yeah. It's very good. And they say that in the episode, don't they? They're like, if we want you to feel like you can come to us. And that's just, yeah. that's just, it's just nice. Yeah. Which is, like, the opposite of Wizards of Waverly Place, where, like, half the joke is Teresa and Jerry hate each other. Uh, and and <laughs> yeah. uh, their marriage is on the rocks. Uh, but anyway, uh, moving <laughs> oh <my God>. on. <laughs> Ooh, I did God. not watch that, but that is dark. Yeah, it's Yikes. not actually. It's just mostly later seasons. They just start to like fight more, and it's played for laughs. Uh, they're constantly like bickering about bickering, like how yeah. to parent the kids, okay. essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, like, also... Why should we paint the room red? I want it white. Like just dumb stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so then Eddie and the other two guys who got their locker stolen approach the big guy and ask for their lockers back. Uh, right as Adult Raven walks back by or she's like sliding on some sort of scooter uh, anyway and oh raven, yeah like, raven like shoots him a look and he gets scared again he's like okay you can have him so b plot resolved also apparently the reason why eddie really liked this locker is because of this one girl who drinks at the water fountain yeah. that's something i wanted to talk about actually yeah that's Eddie's yeah go creepy. ahead gross that's yeah. like uh he, yeah, to skeeve on girls. Skeeve? I've never used that word in my life, but there you go. And again, it's played for laughs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred you know... if it was like, that's the reason the mean guy wants the locker uh, and not yeah. Eddie. If Eddie was just like, no, I just want this locker because it's mine. But And I can have a drink next to my yeah, locker. Yeah, I just want to be next to the water to fountain. Perving. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of stuff is like, because something we try to talk about is like, that's sending a message to boys that it's okay to do that. Yeah. You know, like, it's not like, is it a thing of that's what boys do? But do they do that because we teach them that in the media they consume? So, you know, if you're a teenage boy or you're a young child, you just presume that watching girls bend over and being really creepy about it while they're having a drink to survive is okay. Because I was in school then, and I remember in school people being really weird about female PE teachers and stuff that they mm-hmm. would, you know, cut it out. Yeah, uh huh, exactly. Like, at least with, with Corey, a lot of times, like, the bad stuff he does, his parents will reprimand him for it. Like, when he tries to, like, manipulate yeah. people or exploit people, usually they end up kind of figuring him out and punishing him for it. This is just like, oh, yeah, Eddie wins. He gets to stare at the girl drinking water now. Isn't that a great satisfactory yeah. Where- solution? are Eddie's parents why are they not feminist and not helping Eddie 
see women. But he's two female friends. Sorry. I don't yeah. think we ever meet Eddie's parents. Like I don't think. As, like, well, at least note. I haven't gotten there yet. Uh, yeah. Not by well, the I know end of we meet three. Chelsea's. We do. Do we? I think we meet Chelsea's. Maybe. I haven't met them I yet. I might be forgetting that. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I Eddie is like such an enigma of a yeah. character because he's like he's that typical teenage boy but also generally that typical teenage boy would not have like as shane said like two female best friends yeah, yeah but exactly. if you're two female best friends you don't think you would be that how could you have two female friends not that it's it's not excusable anyway but you could act that way towards other girls i don't know mm-hmm. it just doesn't I mean, it's very of its time. I feel like this was very much a yeah. time that we objectified women and, like, were really horrible about them, you know? Even I was watching, like, that Paris Hilton documentary on YouTube and about how she was, instead of being the victim when her sex tape got leaked, like, people were calling her a slut and a whore is her fault. You had, like, Britney around that time. I feel like women's, our attitude towards young women at that time were, this has gone off on a tangent, was not yeah. the best. I feel like this is kind of a, a symptom of that this like yeah yeah that should yeah. that t- children and teenagers because they're quite young in this they're what like 14 15 they think it's okay that, that this yeah. is how you're meant to act as a man it's gross mm-hmm. <laughs> i talked about this uh in my lizzie mcguire episode a while back how this was one of the earliest of like uh well lizzie mcguire how they had like main character lizzie her best friend miranda and the other guy who happens to be their friend who is gordo and that mm-hmm. that uh, kind of um, structure of the main three characters, it repeated in that. So Raven, Raven, Chelsea, Eddie. And then they had it in Hannah Montana as well. And in iCarly. Yeah. It's something that happened a lot. And I find that I see that same thing that you see with Eddie in those other, those other three shows where it's like, yeah, it's obviously totally fine that a guy with his two best friends are both girls. But it, it doesn't seem like this is the type of guy who would be best friends with two girls especially when you see eddie go and yeah. do something like this but that's the thing and like the other examples all of the guys are like the nerdy outcast type guys whereas like they keep trying to portray eddie as that but he just isn't and orlando brown is just not that type of person I don't for think that kind he... of energy to come off it kind of feels like the nerds were being pushed to this locker and it's taken Eddie to stand up for the nerds. And it's like revenge of the nerds. But also the nerds are perving on the girls. I just want to put it out there as well. Mm-hmm. Well, same in revenge of the nerds. Exactly. Movie. It's this whole they all be stereotype. Just because you're a and nerd. And here it's flipped. And now it's two guys and a girl. So are we the the anti-trio? I think so. Oh, us. Oh, the anti-trio. I'm, I'm, I'm the weird one. I'm You're the, the Eddie one. of yeah. the group? I'm... Yeah, so that took me yeah. a second as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I explained that terribly. I was like, this is funny, and then it just didn't didn't land. Yeah, yeah I'm the Eddie of the group. It. I'm definitely right. Chelsea, because I'm not here all the time, and I'm just kind of like, so what are we doing, guys? What are we up to? What are you going to do about that? <laughs> I I'm guess I'm from Graven. I love Chelsea. Yeah, um, you're the star. Brag. You're the star of the show. This is your show. I guess that is technically correct. Anyway. Perfect. <laughs> carrying on with the plot of the pilot, Raven runs back into the classroom um, and sees Mr. Petrocelli still there. He hasn't left yet like he said he would. He says, Mr. Petrocelli, why haven't you gone home yet? And he's like, oh, okay, I'll leave. And then he leaves. Two seconds later, Victor and Tanya walk in uh, and Raven's vision comes true where 
where they say like we're a raven's parents uh we were called in here or something and raven is still dressed up like the the older woman and she's dressed up in all her purple and she's like ah yeah i'm miss petrocelli and she has a voice and she's looking away from them so they don't see her face and tanya and victor on the wall see an article from a newspaper about mr petrocelli and they're like hmm wow this must be our daughter who's lying to us and they catch on immediately uh and raven says uh okay uh yeah i don't actually need to talk to you big misunderstanding you can just leave now and basically they have this heart-to-heart conversation where raven is facing away from her parents and pretending not to be herself where it's like well if i was raven which i'm not I'd be afraid that you expect me to be perfect because you called me the new Raven. And the parents are like, well, we want her to be able to come to us when she messes up. Maybe we gave her the wrong idea. And then Raven reveals that she's Raven. And they're like, oh, wow. <gasps> Who could have foreseen? And in the final scene, they uh, take her phone away for two weeks as punishment, I guess, for impersonating yes. her mother. The end. I thought it was really sweet. I liked that. Sometimes, yeah, I really liked how the parents reacted. I yeah, thought it was funny. it's like they didn't go in on her and they kind of used her being able to separate herself as like a way to talk to her. You know, it's like, I'm not, you know, talking mm-hmm. about it in third person might have made it easier for her to open up. Again, mm-hmm. excellent parenting. Yeah. They saw what was happening in the moment and they, they did a great job and they still punished her. Yep. Because she was wrong. But, yeah. but I also think it's funny how, like, when she had the reveal, the parents, like, having a joke with each other being like, oh, my God, we yeah. never could have guessed. I was like, that's really funny. Because, like, I feel like in DCOMs now, they're, like, not, or DCOMs, fucking Disney shows now, they're not, like, as smart with that. And actually would have been like, oh, my God, it was you. Whereas, like, they fully just, like, have a joke with her the whole time. Because it's, like, ridiculous. And it's, like, them recognizing that it is crazy. Um, and like her dressing up like that so i was like that's really funny yeah i know a lot of people really strong actors Mm. yeah and i know a lot of people like one big complaint people have about disney channel or kids tv is that they portray the adults to be stupid i find usually at least uh what from what i watch it's more kids expecting adults to be stupid and adults being like what are you doing like you're not fooling us like there's one episode of uh of hannah montana where like Miley and Jackson sneak out to do something and they need Lily and Oliver to pretend to be them. And then, I don't know, Robbie Ray kind of like strings them along for a long time before being at the end like, how stupid do you think I am? Is that the episode where they sneak out to paint the billboard? Because uh, Miley has a pimple. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think oh, they that's snuck- a great episode. Yeah, I don't actually that might have been it, but I think it was like uh they had both like separate places to sneak to and they were in trouble or something so they couldn't leave the house. Uh but I don't remember. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. I remember that now. I don't exactly remember the full thing, but I remember like they both wanted to like go on a date or something, I don't, not with each other, their siblings. Yeah. Um gross. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's such a good point. Um and I think they were definitely better at doing that in the older disney shows because now like now everything is like all the laughs and all the disney shows are just like so flat and like all of the characters are so boring um that this is like 100 percent the golden age and there isn't like a weak character on the show i don't think yeah i think we even see that more in episode two when we finally get to meet chelsea oh the chemistry between the comedic chemistry i mean between 
Chelsea and Raven is incredible. Mm-hmm. But this is like another thing I was reading, like it's such a testament to, to Raven as, as an artiste. Um, was that she they had another girl who's playing I think the character's name was Emma. And she was like, we're not vibing well. We don't have the right energy for the show. And she brought in Annalise, who plays Chelsea. She said, I vibe much better with her. And you can see it even now on Raven's home. Like, they're real life friends. But, like, there's just something there. They just get, they just really bounce off each other really, 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 Mm -hmm. really well. Like, for a DCOM, for a Disney Channel movie, it really has more, like, a, a stronger, like, Com- comedy show like not just a decom like this could be something like why is the only one i'm thinking of the cosby show i don't want to say the cosby show like sister sister or something like that you know like a, or at least to me feels a lot stronger than other decoms not you know shane it's not a decom Disney channel shows you just De- called it a decom i'm three sorry times. it's not my area of expertise the premise of our show is i don't really don't watch Disney channel but i <laughs> I, I'm I'm the newbie and Vicky's the expert, so that's yeah. Damn straight, don't you forget it? I like it. Yeah, I did don't know that Raven it. brought in Annalise Vanderpool and was like, "Yeah, uh, I want her to be in the show because we work better together." And they were like, "Wow, you're absolutely correct." Mm-hmm. I don't even know who the other actor was who they ended up getting uh, getting fired, but too bad for them. How did they know each other before? Was it like she had auditioned for Chelsea and they'd done a chemistry read? I don't know. Or... I that's a that, very that's good like question. so intriguing. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll look into it. I'll I'll let you guys know. Don't worry. All about right, it. yeah, you look into that. So we meet her in episode mm-hmm. two, which is called "Test of Friendship," and I know yes. I noticed this time, in episode two, but not in episode one, when Raven walks in to like the gym in the opening scene. There's an applause track. Yeah. Oh. Which a lot of times they'll do for like a well-known actor for like at the beginning of the show. Like in the pilot of iCarly when Miranda Cosgrove walked in, there was an applause track because everyone loved her already from Drake and Josh. Uh, and I guess Raven was already, I don't know, I think the Cheetah Girls was out at this point. So Raven was already kind of a yeah, household name. Mm-hmm. And I guess she had been in the, the Cosby show also beforehand. So she was already famous. Uh, but episode two, she walks in and then everyone starts clapping. Um, and she's like, Eddie, hello, where are you? And Eddie runs in dribbling a basketball. Because he's like, I'm the newest member of the basketball team. I'm going to be starting guard as long as I get a, at least a C-plus on all my midterms. And immediately, uh, very conveniently, Raven gets a vision of Eddie failing the <laughs> Spanish midterm. Raven always seems to get visions about exactly what someone else is talking about. Uh, I don't know if that's a coincidence or if that's actually how like the chemicals in her brain with the psychic powers It's like work. a trigger. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I guess it would have to be that. And Eddie's like, wait, did you just have a vision? And Raven's like, oh, nothing important. And Raven's like, oh no, what am I going to do? Theme song plays, yeah. we bop again, and then we meet Chelsea. <laughs> uh, so basically, Raven and Chelsea are in the bathroom, and Raven's briefing Chelsea on her vision uh, while Chelsea is flossing in the school bathroom, which is something I could never even imagine doing. Oh, that, uh, yeah, but anyway, that grossed no. me out. No, 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 no. Yeah, Raven tells Chelsea that, okay, here's, that she can remember all the answers on Eddie's test from her vision. I, first of all, I guess all the all the tests, um, all the answers were on one page. I guess the test was only one page long if Raven saw every single yeah. answer. Also, does she also have like a photographic memory or just like a photographic memory of her visions that she can kind of refer to all the time and remember back? Can she remember like any vision she's ever had? Or can she <sighs> only remember her most recent vision? Huh. 
I hope it's a photographic and memory. Because like it's not like it's not like the vision lasted very long for her to like even register to check that. Yeah. To check the answers that is. Yeah, interesting. I don't know, I never really thought about it. Maybe she can replay them kind of in her brain to a degree. Mm-hmm. I would say it's more like the most recent ones though. Like mm-hmm. ones that have just happened. Yeah. And you also mentioned before how Raven isn't in this class, so like whose perspective is this vision from? Yeah. I'm pretty sure because yeah. there was one episode uh, later on where Corey was on the phone with his friend and his friend was looking for his like pet rabbit that he lost. And Raven had a vision of his friend finding the rabbit under the pillow. And Raven was like, tell him to check under the pillow. And he checked under the pillow and the rabbit was there. So Raven doesn't even have to be there uh, for the vision. Yeah. So it can just be, she can just get a vision of anything that will go on at any point in the future, anywhere in the world or throughout history. I guess that, I mean, if you ever, I, in real life, I enjoy psychics. I've been to psychics. I paid for them. They're fun. Yeah. Oh my God. Have I not told Blue you about dial. the psychic I went to at Blue Dot? She was spookily I'm getting, accurate. Oh, I'm yes. getting the month of April. Do you know anyone born in April whose name has like an E or an A <laughs> she, or an O? She did do that. She was like, you have a younger sibling. And I was like, no. And then she's like, oh, it's definitely like a younger cousin or something. I'm like, okay. I think it's like, um, I don't take them seriously. I think it's like a, a good it's fun. idea for like, yeah, it's fun. And it can be introspective. It might get you to think about things that you don't normally think mm-hmm. about. Um, or, But a lot of them, like there's the White Witch of Cork in Ireland. And she is a psychic who apparently she will like tell if she will turn the rumor is she turns people away because she knows they're going to die on their way home from this psychic reading. And she so apparently if she turns you away, you don't got long. But she had this thing that like she has visions and like she would transport herself like as a child. She transported herself to the Stardust Fire, which is a very famous event in Irish history. Not event. Yeah, event of um a nightclub that burnt down and like 40 like 20 people in their 20s died and she was there and she like transported herself to 9-11 they all predict 9-11 yeah. um so you know i guess i mean it's easy to say you psychics, predicted something after it's happened <laughs> yeah but in the lore of psychics i've you know it's the the canon of psychics will say raven is staying true to that i guess yeah. you know I think there also is an episode later on where Raven does need a job and gets hired at like this actual fake psychic yes. place, like the telepsychic where people call in. It's like, what's going to happen? And so, I don't know. That, that was kind of funny. Anyway, Raven doesn't know episode. what to do. Raven doesn't know what to do about uh, Eddie's test answers. And she's trying to get advice from Chelsea. Raven's like, I can't help him cheat. And Chelsea says, okay, so don't tell, tell him. But then he'll get kicked off the team. Okay, so then do tell him. Okay, so you think I should help him cheat? And Raven tells Chelsea, like, I wish you were psychic instead of me. Uh, which is kind of like one, the one thread of this episode, that being a psychic is harder than you think. Uh, which is mm-hmm. actually something that is mentioned in the Great theme power. song when they say, but it's not that easy. So we did see this coming. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's nice that they, they explored that idea of, like, the moral dilemma that comes with being a psychic and being able to see the future mm-hmm. you know they didn't shy away from it it's not it's not all kooky shenanigans yeah. it's a lot of kooky shenanigans but 
there are lessons to be learned in this show. At the end of this episode, I want to get to uh, the ethics of, of cheating on a test at school because it cool. is not actually as bad as many people make it out to be. Anyway, so Eddie is talking with one of his basketball teammates about like what nicknames they can have for each other when Raven and Chelsea confront Eddie about the Spanish test and be like, Eddie, you have your Spanish test tomorrow. How are you doing in that class? And he's like, oh, I'll probably get a C+. And Raven, actually, this is another one of the kids. I was like, why didn't Max ever come back? Raven, because Eddie was talking to Max. Raven's like, Max, can we have a minute? Oh, yeah. And so Max pulls Raven aside to, uh, to talk to her, which I thought was really funny. Raven was like, oh, actually, I just wanted to talk to Eddie. And Max is like, okay, so what? What are you, why are you talking to me for? And that scene actually went on for like an extra couple seconds where, where Max was like, sometimes I just don't think. And it was like, wow, I can't imagine or whatever. And then I don't think we ever saw Max again, which is a shame because he had pretty good yeah, vibes. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. No, that, that was a really funny I like his book moment. at heart. Yeah, it was a good heart. And Raven tells Eddie basically, you know, you should really concentrate on this test. So Raven and Chelsea invite Eddie to Raven's house for a study party that night. And Eddie's like, oh, well, it's not like you had a vision of me failing or anything. Oh, wait, did you? And... Uh, Raven did, and she fesses up right there. But they're not going to let him fail. They're not going to let this vision come true. So later that night, Raven and Chelsea are making a game show for Eddie in Raven's kitchen, which looks like fun. It does look fun. It um, does, it, yeah. yeah. I, great practical learning. Yeah, of Eddie running around the kitchen, labeling items with little flashcards, while Raven sings like, I don't remember, like, dun, 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 or whatever it was. Uh, he got Telefono mm-hmm. right and nothing else. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why he thought he would get a C plus because he doesn't know anything about how to speak Spanish. Uh, and then when Corey comes down and he's See. like, uh, you know, uh, Dad said they've got to go. It's getting late. Raven's like, no, Eddie's. We got to help him with the Spanish test. And Corey speaks Spanish really fast and then just walks out because Corey knows Spanish. Too. <laughs> he's like, you you disgust me in, in yeah. Spanish, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. it's very good. Mm-hmm. And Chelsea then lets it slip that Raven saw the answers to the test. And Eddie's like, tell them to me. Raven says, that's cheating. And he says, so you're just going to let me fail? Uh, I thought you were my friend. And uh, and then what, what's supposed to be this dramatic moment, because earlier on, like a minute before, uh, when Eddie gave, gave a wrong answer to a Spanish question, Chelsea was like, eh, wrong answer. And then when Eddie says, I thought you were my friend, Raven says, I am. And Eddie goes, eh, that's the wrong answer. And, and storms out of the kitchen. And I was expecting a Disney Channel, like, ooh, like one of those tracks, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, um, luckily, because <laughs> that's almost never a good idea to put that track in. It's just, I, I don't know, I hate, like, I can mostly forgive a laugh track just because I think we're so used to it. But I hate shows that have a track that's like, okay, now you need to feel emotional. Now you need to feel worried yeah. for these characters in, like some kind of auditory track i just think it takes you so out of it it's so funny i like how people use them on tiktok now though uh-huh. i think i think we've reclaimed them yeah as it being mm. funny but they fucking suck you They're know so bad we don't need to stop at laugh tracks and ooh tracks we can have cry tracks we can have sneeze tracks and cough tracks we can <laughs> oh give me a sneeze track any day <laughs> love that mm-hmm. the the sky is the limit in terms of yeah. trying desperately to to make sitcoms watchable with random noises. Anyway, the next day, Raven and Chelsea are trying to figure out what to do. And Senorita Rodriguez is telling the window washers in her classroom how to do their jobs. When Raven walks in mm-hmm. and tells her, some of your students are worried about the midterm. Uh, some of them want to switch to French. 
and Senorita Rodriguez is super offended at the notion that anyone was, would switch from Spanish to French because she doesn't trust Madame What's-Her-Face, as she says. And so Raven tells her, <laughs> you should give your students more time to study. Postpone the test. And Senorita Rodriguez still says no. And as she leaves, Raven says, can you tell that window washer he's going to have to clean that window again? And four seconds later, Bird poops on the window. I thought Raven wanted to keep this a secret, the fact that she was a psychic. Apparently, yeah. she's just like, I don't know why it was that big of a deal for Raven to, like, if she wants to keep it a secret, why are you throwing stuff like that around? I don't know. And whatever. It's the same thing in, like, in Wizards of Waverly plays, uh-huh. where, like, someone will, like, magic will make something weird happen. Everyone's like, well, that's really weird. Moving on. I don't really care. Yeah. Because Rodriguez never comes back to it. Like, oh, what did, how did you, how did you know? But it was pretty much just a throwaway. Yeah, but they do excuse stuff like that so easily in these shows. Mm-hmm. I think it's because, like, it's the type of thing that's, like, so out of the, like, realm of possibility that you're just like, oh, it simply must be a coincidence because I could not comprehend it. But, yeah, they're really bad at hiding stuff. Mm-hmm. That's, like, I don't feel like Raven has done that again, though. Yeah, I don't think so. Or something like that. Yeah. So maybe it's just like a funny throwaway thing, but definitely. But is it more point. that we laugh at them for not noticing? Like we. But laugh you also at the like, like you don't see her cause... having a vision in this scene. Yeah, you don't see her. It's just like, so sometimes she does have visions that we just don't see, of course, because uh, we can't see her okay. life twenty four yeah. seven. But like, I think the punchline is more. Wow, Raven is mystifying the teacher. Uh, with her incredible talent. Because we as the audience are kind of in on the in secret. On the secret. With, yeah, exactly. With Raven. So, like, when it's like, ha, oh, you're so stupid that you don't know. But we know. Uh-huh. And we feel smart. We know. Big brain the child. show told us. Did the show tell you, Senorita yeah. Rodriguez? Yeah. No, it didn't. And if I if I was in the show, I would know. Because I is smart. Yeah. I because got I'd be Raven's close friend. Like Eddie and Chelsea. Yeah. Oh, and- dream. Anyway, Raven goes to uh, Eddie. Eddie's still mad. Raven says, fine, I'll give you the answers. Uh, here, I'll write them down for you. And Eddie says, thank you so much, Raven. If you ever need a kidney, I will personally find someone to donate it to you. Uh, oh, meanwhile, yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, Senorita Rodriguez walks up to Raven and Chelsea after Eddie, I think, has left and says, I thought about what you said. Uh, and so I made an all-new test with all-new questions on pink paper just for the fuck of it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. When I was on your show, talking about Teen Beach 2, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about the theories of time travel or, or in fiction. Mm-hmm. And this show mixes them all up all the time and doesn't really have any set of rules for how it works um, because there's just no consistency. Sometimes it seems like a fixed timeline, like when Raven has her vision and then her own actions make that vision come true. Uh, which would yeah. imply that's what I thought was going to happen at the start of this episode or, or like when she comes like I have the new test with new answers I thought it was going to be like oh now all the answers that she gave to Eddie are wrong so when Eddie does those answers he's going to fail even though he actually would have passed otherwise because he wasn't actually that bad at Spanish and it was all going to be Raven's fault yeah. that's how I thought the episode was going to end um, but that's not what happens because uh, sometimes like here we see a dynamic timeline where Raven can actually change her own visions and stop them from happening which implies the existence of an alternate timeline where that vision did actually happen because otherwise she saw into the future what she's seeing then if it didn't ever actually happen 
And sometimes we see a vision that doesn't come true and, and it isn't even it isn't even clear why. So we actually when we go back when we see this vision first happen, because I went back to look, the paper and the test was white. So Yeah. Yes. So Senorita Rodriguez like, yeah, I changed the pink paper. It's like, uh, okay, so I guess Raven just like changed the vision like just by asking Senorita Rodriguez to postpone the test. If that's the case, then her visions maybe aren't actually as strong as she thinks they are. And it's just like, here's a possibility of what may happen in the future. Yeah, because just by talking to uh, Senorita Rodriguez about the test, uh, the vision is changed and it's not going to come true at all. Yeah, see... I knew you'd have to, I was very excited to do that sort Raven because I knew you'd have some interesting things to say about time travel and her visions mm-hmm. and stuff. It's like, does her visions account for the fact that she has visions? Because sometimes, like you were saying, sometimes it's like kind of like an Oedipus thing, like the self-fulfilling prophecy that in trying to prevent what she saw happening happening, she makes it happen. Because then I yeah. thought that was the premise of the show because as far as I remember, that was always the case. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. But then, as this episode two was happening, and I was watching it with Vicky, I was like, wait, can she change the future? And I paused it when I saw the pink paper. I was like, the paper is pink! And she's like, what? I was like, it's it's different. She can't... So, you were yeah. like, I paused it. I was like, yeah, I know. And Shane was like... But that was that was me having a... a, yeah. a, a, a as I say, I'm big... I'm a little bit slow sometimes. You're a smart that took boy. me some time to catch <laughs> Don't worry on. about it. Eh. There's... There's one episode later on where she has like three visions and all of them, she sees it and she's like, well, that would be bad if that happened. And she asks someone like, mm-hmm. you're not going to do this, are you? And then they're like, what a great idea. And they do it like, you're not going to put the yeah. cheese near the uh, the heating vent. And they're like, they're like, what a great idea. And they do it. So she just, she just straight up makes the vision oh, happen. Oh yeah. With the, with the bullies. And then yeah, she has with, to eat the with cheese. With Alana. Uh-huh. Which is gross. Such but anyway. Episode. Anyway. Um, yeah, so sometimes it's like it is self-fulfilling like that. Sometimes she can very easily not make the vision not happen. Like in this one, for example. And I think the only actual practical explanation for it would be alternate canons. Like there's different universes. Like in one universe, uh, she can't change it. And one she can. Or uh, it's just a fictional show and they don't really think about <laughs> theories of time travel. No, it's like deep, as they saying. Oedipus is like Maggie the Frog in Game of Thrones. It's it's deep literature. It's, I don't know. <laughs> Dark like... timeline. No, Dark I think, time... yeah, I, I mean, to not give Disney any credit ever, I don't think they're thinking that deep into it. Not but at I all. like that we are. Um, because, yeah, there there is like, just kind of over the span of the show, there's a lot of visions that don't come true. Like, it's yeah that don't come true or it's very clear what way they're going to come true and then it doesn't happen especially like i don't know i find that it always like creeps up with devon and like anything surrounding him there's always a vision where like we're gonna break up but then they never do um well they do sometimes but depending but yeah i think like because yeah that's something that i never really thought of before like she sees into the future but what future is she seeing into mm-hmm. because like surely in some timeline that is the fixed future like that is Mm -hmm. she is seeing what has happened it's like in lost whatever happens happened in the past and like so everything that she's seeing has already happened because like that's the natural course of events that's taking place and so even if she tries to change it then would that like every time she changes a vision would that create a different 
alternate timeline. Timeline. Yeah. Well, if, but, if, yeah. if we can see if there are alternate universes, then everything anyone does creates an alternate timeline. So it's just like splitting yeah. off exponentially forever and ever and ever is the theory. Um, Raven. Yeah. Look at you go. So Raven. powerful. Uh, so anyway, it's like it's they do a lot with the premise because there's also like a lot of times that like she sees something and she's not got the whole information. So like she missed like there's like a line like we got to come. No, we are. We got to split up. And her parents, she's like, my parents splitting up. And then in the course of trying to like get them to stay together, she gets herself in trouble and they're splitting up to find her. Or to find a rat or to find rat Lionel. Uh Yeah. Yeah. You think she'd learn to think more objectively, actually, about her visions? Like, she's like, okay, what are the possibilities What's the of context? what I've just seen and what could it mean? Yeah. Like, it mightn't mean exactly what I think it is. Yeah. You think, especially since Not she's probably been going on for like her whole life, or I guess in Raven's home, yeah. the kid only started having visions when he was like 10, I think. So it's been going on for at least a couple yeah. years for Raven. You'd think she'd get the hang of it by now of being like, wow, maybe this isn't exactly like, maybe I do need more context for this. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, is it genetic do they ever go into the source of it yeah like, raven's, to me it doesn't really matter but now that raven's grandma raven's grandma is a psychic and raven's son mm-hmm. is a psychic also so yeah it seems kind of genetic so did it skip a generation or does she have yep uh-huh huh. it, would, it would appear so like um, the ghost whisperer sorry yes <laughs> I don't know where that's from. Jennifer Love Hewitt. A ghost whisperer. She could talk to ghosts. Her grandmother could. Her mother couldn't. But she could. And apparently skips generation. <gasps> no, but then she finds out that her mom can see ghosts. Yeah. And she ignores it. And then she decides not have children because she doesn't want them to have her curse. But then she has a kid. I didn't watch that far. Oh. <laughs> uh, she has a kid with a, like, ghost man. It's a whole thing. Not her husband? Her husband is dead. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> ghost whisper. Sorry, Alex. His soul is in a different body. It's a whole thing. So Raven and Chelsea have a big sign. Um, <laughs> it says it says new test wrong answers on it, and they try to show it to oh, Eddie. Yeah. Eddie doesn't see it, and Senorita Rodriguez shuts like the curtain to the classroom. Uh, she doesn't see Chelsea and Raven, but she just kind of shuts it behind her. First of all, uh, why is this a multiple choice test? I feel like yes. Spanish is one of the in classes Spanish. that yeah, where you wouldn't have a multiple choice test. Uh, but the answers yeah. that Raven has are like BDA or whatever. Um, and mm-hmm. anyway, so what Raven and Chelsea do is they somehow head over to the window washing platform that they have access to somehow. And they risk expulsion to try and lower themselves down to Eddie's classroom and show him the sign that says new test, wrong answers, even though Eddie's facing the opposite direction in the classroom and Chelsea accidentally taped the poster to the wrong side of the window washing platform. So we have multiple barriers here to overcome if we're going to make this plan work. And then like a bird lands on Raven's head. It flies away. Raven and Chelsea start swaying back and forth. Uh, Then like a rope comes loose or something and it's tilty and dangerous. And they're just sliding around and hanging precariously over all of San Francisco Death seems like a possibility at this point. Raven gets the sign and drops it. It flies away. I think it's very funny. It is. It's really, really, really good um, body comedy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It's quite slapstick-like. So I think it's great. I had 
a blast watching it. Since, like, seeing it from, like, such a young age, though, I'm always just waiting for one of them to die. Yeah. fall and die. I, like, it just feels like that should have happened. I don't like heights, and I was like, oh, my God. And I don't like birds, and there's a pigeon in that scene. So this was, like, yeah. fear factor for me. But, it, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the again, their chemistry, their timing, like, better than some adults. Like, this is, you know... 2005 this type of comedy you think would be quite dated this quite physical comedy but it's hilarious i would like even no, now so uh, we were i was shitting myself laughing yeah. yeah also why is the teacher's desk at the back of the classroom yeah it doesn't make sense is that a comedy is that really thing? that weird yeah. Tra- well yeah i mean because you gotta be looking at them i guess desks are are usually in the front well she can still see all the students right she's facing yeah. the students she's just facing their backs um and i guess when she, she goes she is to also looking them, at the blackboard so how does she sit at her desk and teach them to their backs well, i don't think you wouldn't sit at your desk to teach you would like stand up at the front of the class to teach and then just go back to your yeah. desk to like do work or something i don't think it's that huh. yeah did your teachers Maybe teach from a... their desks different country that yeah oh yeah sometimes it's a- most most of our teachers well for me anyway a lot of the time it was just like they had the textbook also and they mm. would just talk at us about the textbook we didn't really have like um, well i didn't anyway have like writing on the board it was just like i'm gonna talk at you and if you don't keep up with your notes then that's your problem we had a lot of um powerpoints and like teachers sitting at their desk oh and they yeah powerpoints yeah. Uh, but the quirky younger teachers would sit on the desk. And sometimes they the jumped desk. on the desk. Yeah, sit on teacher, the desk classic, is a classic one. Classic, we're reading Of Mice and Men, and anytime it said the word dog, he jumped up on the desk and he was like, dog! Ew! <laughs> it was funny, man. I hate that. I had a quirky English teacher who tried too hard, um, Mr. Wilson. If you're listening, Mr. Wilson, that's not an insult. You're probably not listening. I love Mr. Wilson. But he would just like... Uh, like in grade 11 we had like a meme assignment where he was like make some memes um oh my so, god yeah nice. which is a lot of fun uh especially ones like some memes that were like specific to our school like it was a lot of fun but... yeah i was gonna say are they were they like english class based like like i don't know great gatsby memes or something like i don't know she... he's he somehow tied it back into education but i don't really remember how that's cool. That's pretty sick. That's staying with the yeah, time. Yeah, it was I a mean, lot I had of some old ass teachers. I'm glad that they're like moving with the times. More mm. teachers are being employed. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one of the funniest things our English teacher did was when we were reading um, To Kill a Mockingbird and Boo Radley and Scout are walking home at the end of the book. And then Boo Radley, I feel like everyone's read To Kill a Mockingbird. Boo Radley is like an adult and Boo is like a ch- um, Scout is like a child. And like to make sure that everyone's paying attention, she said that she was like, and they, and then they kissed, and everyone was like, "What the fuck?" And she's like, "Aha! <laughs> that's not what's happening." I'm glad that I'm just seeing if you guys are actually paying attention to the book, which clearly some of you are, and some of you are that's not. Funny. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of fun. That's kind yeah, of yeah. She was Miss Howerhin. You're not gonna listen to this, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you were well, fun. Hmm. Yeah, but every single person we've brought up so far is like, there's no way you're listening. Well, anyway, I don't know who's yeah. listening. Um, <laughs> anyway, Eddie gets up to hand his test in uh, and sees Raven and Chelsea flying around uh, outside the window behind Senorita Rodriguez's desk. And he's like, on second thought, maybe I'm just going to 
double check my work. But first I will go open a window. And he goes to open the window and they tell him that she changed the test. Uh, and there are different answers and like, just do your best. And then the principal who appeared, I guess, uh, pulls Chelsea yeah. and Raven up uh, to safety. And then uh, afterward, Eddie's playing some basketball in the gym by itself. Eddie apologizes about making Raven share the answers and about forgetting mad at her. And Raven makes him feel better by saying, oh, you know, uh, you're funny and you're a great rapper uh, and so on. I'm not exactly sure how that ties in. But anyway, Eddie acknowledges yeah. that like being a psychic must be harder than it looks. And then they play one on one for a second and Raven pretends to be hurt and scores, which is, you know, oldest trick in the book. <laughs> Eddie gets his test yeah. back at the end. It's a C plus. So Raven's vision didn't come true. Uh, and he's on the team. And that's the end of episode number two. I've never thought about how powerful Raven was until right now. She can create alternative timelines. Or is the future not fixed? It would have mm. to be the future's not fixed. Yeah. Yeah. That must Where be she... it. Yeah. What is her sources? Visions. Cite your sources. I don't know yeah. what this hand... No one can see that I'm just waving <laughs> my hands around like, explain. Raven, Wait, explain. Let's talk about uh, cheating on a test. Uh, let's talk mm-hmm. about this. Because um, I'm actually... I'm taking an ethics class right now uh, where I'm learning all these ethical theories. Um, one of the worst ones, in my opinion, is deontology, which was kind of created or popularized by Immanuel Kant. And basically one of the, the big maxims of that was act so that what you do may be a universal law. And that's one of the big arguments against cheating on a test is, well, what if everyone cheated? It would be it would be the worst. But I personally think if everyone cheated on tests at school, it would be pretty awesome if all of them cheated and all of them, you know, got 100 uh, percent because the system yeah. would crumble. And that is the ultimate goal, of course. There's also utilitarianism, which is kind of a more widely accepted theory of ethics, which is basically the greatest good for the greatest number and since cheating on tests like one person cheating on a test doesn't directly hurt anyone uh like both both of you know this like many school systems are set up to like prepare people for being a worker within a capitalist framework Mm -hmm. which involves like discouraging people from helping each other and like breeding a sense of competition uh which is one of the reasons why it's like oh you can't cheat and if anyone else cheats, you should be really mad at that because them getting ahead and doing better is bad for you, which yeah. is not a philosophy that I agree with. I so... probably would have when I was in school, but I yeah, now, I think it's like it's it's oh you it's more the the system uh, is the issue. Um, I know mm-hmm. a lot of like socialist writers and stuff. Uh, I know it was a big issue with the um, the the the. I don't, I don't want to say forefathers of Ireland, but, you know, who brought the, the re- revolution in Ireland that um, learning in schools became less about doing practical learning and le- that and as it was more became like rotating, like being able to repeat answers. Yeah. And even mm-hmm. at that, they have to keep things average. I don't know if it's the same in America. I know in Ireland they have a bell curve, so they have to give most people like C's. So you, they don't fail as many people and don't pass too many people. So one answer you could write could get you more marks one year in exams and you could write the same answer the following year, but to the, the quality is too high. So it brings down your mark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And it is interesting that you say that it does breed competition because ultimately with the bow charts, then you're all fighting against each other and then you're fighting for places yeah, exactly. in universities and stuff. Well, that's what I, that's what exams are. Like, I definitely would have had... I 100% would have had an issue with it when I was in school, like with other people cheating mm-hmm. because... No, I still did cheat sometimes, but with other people cheating because it's like, oh, well, I am competing for this particular spot or I'm competing for this particular grade. So I think when you're in the competition of it yourself... It is so easy to get lost in just like being angry at people doing better at you but not trying as hard. And also it just makes you think like, oh, well, why do I try at all? Because all exams are just like how much you can remember information and how much of that information you can like regurgitate on a piece of paper. So I definitely would have had an issue with it when I was in school. And if there was other people around me cheating and they were getting better grades than me, if we got the same grade, I wouldn't have cared at all. But if they were getting better grades than me and they cheated, I would have been like frustrated, but I wouldn't have like done anything about it. I wouldn't have like rat on them. I don't care that much. I wouldn't have been like, actually, they cheated because mm. like snitches get stitches. Mm. But I think like in hindsight, I don't like if someone told me that they cheated on a test or whatever or like they figured out a way to cheat the system because it's only kind of like when you're not in the system anymore that you see kind of like how flawed it is that I think when you're not in it anymore and someone figures out a way to cheat it, you're like, yeah, go for it. Good for you. Yeah. It's like, it's like one of the big, um, one of the big pro capitalist arguments is like, oh, well, people are just like naturally selfish and greedy, which isn't true because really people like, School is a great example of this, how like people are just they're they're built by their circumstances and their conditions. And if the system is built around competition, then people are going to naturally become more competitive. And that's why, you know, people develop these, yeah. you know, competitive and ind- individualistic mindsets where it's like, well, as long as I have, you know, a place to live in some food, then I don't really care whether anyone else does either. Which is mm-hmm. like arguably not true because the only reason we progress so much as a society is that we banded together as tribes and worked together Mm -hmm. and found you know came up with different farming methods and stuff so you know it's it's i guess it's more to do with we've we've been separated against our nature for more of i mean more of a nuclear family type situation as opposed to everyone kind of living together and working together Mm -hmm. i'm saying is i want to live in a little commune um that is kind of more like your family and you just look after your own as opposed to all working together mm-hmm. and everyone having the same comrade. Do you know about the, the Girl Meets World communism episode? Yes. I was going to ask you yes. about that. That blew my... What the... F- I mean, I'm not surprised. Was, I mean, I what's mean, more capitalist I, than Disney? I'm surprised it was that overt uh yeah. to be honest. So basically for anyone who doesn't I haven't it's been a while since I've watched the full thing. Uh mm-hmm. but basically I think the three main kids uh learn about communism, but they don't call it communism, they call it communism. Uh mm-hmm. real nice coding there, Disney. And they're like, Wow, this is great. Um we should work together on a school project and they work together and they get an A and the teacher is like, No, A divided by three equals C so all of you get a C because because when you work together, you don't actually improve yourself because you have to, because uh, he says something like, you know, incentive breeds innovation or something like that. It's and fucking capitalist. Sorry. Continue. Yeah, it was really, it's really gross. And it's one of the reasons I don't like Girl Meets World. 
Um, and you know, I find because I honestly, in order to enjoy a lot of because when when you don't do something over like like in Teen Beach Movie, which is one of my favorite decoms ever, or High School Musical Two especially, there's a lot of coded uh, like anti corporation stuff, uh, you know, climate crisis yeah. stuff in Teen Beach, um, you know, uh, anti rich stuff in High School Musical Two. But, you know, obviously Disney would never turn to being overt about anything like that. And all of a sudden, Girl Meets World comes in like, communism sucks. And here's why. Which is like, is it the 1950s? Like, why did Disney feel the Are need to Are we still in the Cold an... War? Yeah. Like, why yeah. did you feel the need to make an like a, a fucking Red Scare episode of Girl Meets World? Like, Sabrina Carpenter and her fucking like, eyebrows are but... like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, Shane, we ain't gonna, we're not gonna blame the kids. No. Um, yeah. But I think like it's it's such a funny thing to do as well, considering they're like we're making an episode about communism. However, we're not gonna like actually be. I don't even want to say brave enough, but like they don't even actually talk about communism like properly, and they don't they don't even call it that, and they just try to like water it down to such a childlike way we're also like no child no like 10 year old watching disney channel i think like needs to be directly trying to understand communism in a way that's not even teaching them about communism correctly Mm -hmm. like it's just insane didn't I mean, that episode, didn't, like, the kids all, like, dress up the same and, like, march in unison? Yeah, or... yeah they wore, like... Very Soviet, they... like, they all wore the same clothes. They looked they like Girl Scout. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, they wore, like, gray They looked like uniforms. Girl Scout unicorns, but it was, like, yeah. in and they were in USSR a little box colors. together, and they made their presentation, and then they're, like capitalism breeds innovation, and then they all stepped out of their little box, <laughs> and they were, like, you're right, and the, I think they cut to an American flag. I could be wrong, but I remember there be being an American flag. I was like, because I don't remember. We were watching this, I mean, my, my housemate a couple of months ago when she was like, did you see Girl Meets World communism episode? I was like, no, that sounds really, really, really bizarre. Because it's weird, because I know Walt Disney, didn't he, you know. The episode title is Girl Meets Communism. Communism, Com- yeah. Like, just say yeah. what it is, man. I mean, maybe they're afraid kids would go look it up and realize that it's like, okay could be a different way of life um i don't know i mean i know walt disney himself like was an anti-semite yeah and i know that yeah, he fun fact about him reported reported some <laughs> people to the american government who were deemed to be communists or have communist leanings um and apparently that tied into him if i remember correctly tied into him getting some federal land or something for disneyland because he was such a good friend routing out all these people in hollywood who were afraid that were had communist leanings um correct me if i'm wrong i know that he got some reward for being a fucking rat um but you know it's weird that disney felt the need to, to make that in like 2000 and whatever is 16. 16 or whatever yeah very weird. but it, Another thing you did say was they talk a lot about, you know, even like, because we've talked recently on our episode about cowbells, about how so much of Disney is like anti, anti like corporation companies, corporations, when they themselves own like, oh, like almost the entire film industry at this stage, you know, like, yeah, cinema like very close to getting totally the point. Yeah, but it's like, we're not bad. I, but because in their movies at the end of the day like even though they are kind of about corporations it's not so much 
the corporation themselves and the system it's one bad apple within the corporation like yes in cowbells it was this one guy who stole money it's like corporations are good in the right hands yeah it's like that picture um of garfield and then it's like no garfield allowed and it's like i wonder who that's for yeah Yeah. Uh, or that, like, the screen cap from Parasite and the guys driving the Oh, woman. I love them. Yeah. There's, it's like, just... that thing about Chrissy Teigen recently where she was like, what's the most, like, lavish spending? And she's like... When you accidentally spend buy... $13,000 on a bottle of wine and it wasn't good. It's like, what? Chrissy. Did you see Did you see that Jennifer Lopez thing uh, like a couple of weeks ago where she was like, hashtag love don't, bu- love don't cost a thing challenge, where she was, like, walking around the beach... Throwing, take all like her expensive sunglasses and jewelry and just like throwing them off. Like I don't need all these this expensive stuff. Tag, uh, you know I can't wait to see all your renditions of this and like no one did it. Celebrities so are funny. so out of touch, man. I know it's discontinue celebrities. Like I mean, but it was like the whole thing in the pandemic at the start when people <laughs> would be like crying about how hard it is and like their that Gal Gadot imagine is still like one of my mansion. favorite things. Ugh. It's incredible. People are gonna die, but it's, but it's like inevitable. Inevitable. Which is, which oh, is sad, Vanessa. But... <laughs> <laughs> they cancel Coachella. Ugh. Yeah, I thought someone <laughs> took the the grab from High School Musical two that was like, "You're messing with my friends, my summer, and that's not okay with me." And that's not okay with me. <laughs> uh, mm, that feels like. Oh, oh, oh I think so I think you're both me interested in this because like uh like the main one of the main projects I've been working on for the past. A uh, couple months now, I've been writing a musical that is loosely, well, not loosely, it's like adjacent to Teen Beach movie. And that, you know, how um, Brady and Mac like get stuck in Wet Side Story. Uh, basically, my two main characters, mm-hmm. Kaz and Jame, who they're, this is during the pandemic, uh, it's like October 2020, uh, and they're roommates and they can't afford rent anymore. So they have to like split up and go back home. And they get stuck in Teen Beach Movie by like riding their motorcycles through uh, like some sort of portal. So basically, uh, their goal there is to um, kind of radicalize all the characters in Teen Beach Movie and make it into a leftist movie. So <gasps> that hopefully, hopefully in 2013 when the movie came out, they can at least like divert another timeline because one of the big themes of Teen Beach is like how much the real world is reflected in media. So like we can change this piece of media. Yeah. Maybe we can change the world. So you did mention that it would be a stage production because I think you didn't you say I think you mentioned mm-hmm. this when we did the Teen Beach movie episode that you, this was an idea that did you I? had. Yeah, oh, well, I'm I mentioned sure, it sounds I, familiar. I mentioned the idea it was like really an early an idea about having people get stuck in Teen Beach movie, but it like it wasn't yeah. really developed. Yeah. So. so wait, it would so the movie would come out in 2013. It would be well, well the movie did Teen come out in 2013. Out. Yeah. So, okay, that's good because I was like because in my head. I had it that it was Wet Side Story coming out in the 60s when it, or whenever it was made. And I was like, that would not have come out. If there was any way left-leaning in the 60s, it would not have been seen. But mm-hmm. yeah. it was 2013. That's really cool. Well, there's also the thing, like, by Teen Beach by Teen Beach logic, the characters can control the movie and, like, how Layla mm-hmm. changes yeah. Queen of the Beach. So, like, the, it wouldn't, you know, there wouldn't really be any control of, like disney to like release or not release a movie under this frame of logic 
Teen Beach Movie and Teen Beach Movie 2 are the two movies like that keep me up at night and I think about constantly. I just... Yeah. They're so... I'm glad. Yeah. They're incredible. Mm-hmm. So, so good. I, whenever I see... I see people criticize Teen Beach 2 all the time and it ruins my day all the time. I hate it. They're wrong. I hate it. They're wrong. Vicky. Mm-hmm. I... D- Shane, oh, Vicky likes it Honestly, now. I don't... I don't True. think about the Teen Beach movies. I'm sorry. I go about my day and I can't say I think about them that much. <laughs> You know who doesn't like Teen Beach 2 and it bugs me is uh, Caitlin McKillop. Caitlin's Disney, who you had on <gasps> your show. Uh, oh. Yeah, well, just because I know, like, she had her, like, her Disney channel, like, all, or, like, ranked all her DCOMs that she finally finished recently. And Teen, oh, Be- yeah. Teen Beach 2 was around, like, 50, I think. And she was like, oh, I love the characters, but I just hate the ending so much. And I was like, oh, like, I got so Caitlin, you're cancelled. <laughs> I'm actually no. wait. I'm adding you, calling you okay. out now, Caitlin. I don't think I don't think Caitlin's listening to this. Um, but I've been trying to get. <laughs> I don't. I've been trying to get Caitlin on here. Uh, for a little while, and I actually I sent her a DM on Instagram, and like in December, and she hasn't answered. Anyway, how did you guys get her on? I don't know if this is something we should be talking about, but like I just emailed her. Oh. Oh okay. yeah, I got her email off her channel. Okay. Okay, fine. So check that out. <laughs> okay. And email again, because sometimes we've we've emailed people and haven't responded the first time, and sometimes it takes the second time to be like, sorry, I didn't want to respond, but then I, you know, people and their brains, they're like, oh, sorry, I, I wanted to respond the first time, but then I left it too long and I felt like I couldn't respond. So, so you know, sometimes it's something as simple as that. Me mm. with every Oh my God, again. yes. Me forgetting to respond to Alex. And then, because I'd open it and be like, I'll get back to that. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Because it would always be me. Like, I'd be going to ask Shane to see if something suits, but then I just would never respond. Yeah, so I never open anything also. until I'm ready to answer. Like I'm Ready like, to respond okay, to it. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. okay, I'm opening this now. And no matter what, I have to answer right now. Because, like, leaving stuff on red makes me really anxious. But... On that note, thank you very much for coming on Disney Channel Discourse. It's a pretty long episode. Thank you. Um, you can go ahead and plug your socials and your pod and anything else you'd like. Um, I'll plug the, the the pod. Well, you can find me on Twitter at so like Vicky, or you can find the podcast Twitter at D Club Podcast or the podcast Instagram at D Club Clubhouse. Um, me and Shane upload every two weeks. Uh, the last few weeks we've had some really cool guests on. We've had Alex on, as we mentioned. Um, yeah, I'm excited for our next couple of episodes, especially our Sharpe Fabulous Adventure episode. And if you like the TV show Glee at all. You definitely won't want to miss that episode. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's all of our stuff. Shane, do you have anything of your own to plug? Um, if you enjoy Tangents, you will enjoy our show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm at impossibly underscore idle. Um, go listen to our Teen Beach Movie 2 episode with Alex because yeah. it was one of it's my favorites. Fun. I really enjoyed, as I was saying, we talked a lot about time travel and just the repercussions of that world so that's i think you should check it out um oh thanks one of your favorites that means a lot to me a hundred percent anyway yeah yeah, (laughs) we're getting all schmoozy here um you can follow this podcast (laughs) on instagram at disney channel discourse you can follow me on twitter at alex mellaris and you can follow mwca.musical on tiktok for that phineas and ferb parody musical that i am a part of that will be airing on youtube at some point (laughs) 